Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the great opportunity to be together with you. Oh, thank you for inviting us into your presence. Thank you for allowing us and graciously bestowing us the privilege of being in your presence. Oh, we love to be with you. So thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Father, we need to hear your voice this morning. We really desperately need to hear your voice. So I ask again, Father, that you would empty me of me. So that you would speak through me your words of life. So that you would impart the things that you want to impart. So that you will state clearly and, and distinctly what you want us to hear. Remove any obstacle in, in any of our hearts and our minds and our spirits right now that, we, that would block out hearing your word today. Because we desperately need to hear your voice. Oh, we need you. And what a great thing to, to be in this state of needing you. So, Father, help us. Help us explore your word today, hear your word today, flesh out your word as we leave today. And we ask this all in your blessed son's name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Are you ready? Ready to go on a little journey with me? Yesterday, when I went to finalize my notes for this, I started, I, I take notes pads of paper and, and then I sit down this is my, my habit, my routine uh, and I sit down on a particular day and I start to type them out and, and maybe edit them as I go along so I started to type and I found myself typing for about 20 minutes and realized I had never looked at my notes once and then I stopped and I said well, that's not where I was going but okay and so I started to allow the Lord again to move in my heart. So, there, so he merged all those notes in. But at the beginning, it was a little bit different for me. So here we are. We're, we're talking about the gifts. We're talking about the fivefold ministry and the importance that it is uh, for a body to be exercising all, the, all these gifts and walking in all these gifts, the, the power that is released in all these things. But I discovered something, and maybe you know this already, but you know what? It's really not about the gifts. It really isn't about the gifts. We're studying the gifts. It's important to, to study these gifts and, and understand what they mean. Um, but it's not really about the gifts. And it's not really about finding a new method of how to serve God, even. It's not about that. It's not, uh, it's not about acquiring a new spiritual skill set. It's not about... Gathering a new position, a new title. It's not about any of those things. What I'm discovering by really diving into this study is this is really, what this really is about is a way to love God better. A way to love God more. A way to experience God's love in a new way. And a way to feel God's love and experience His presence in our life in a Totally awesome new way. That's what really the study is about and really what these gifts are about. They, these five gifts expose nuances of God's heart to us if we will really, really look at it. And you know this. Every time that you find out a new nuance of God's heart, new, new picture of God's heart, of his love for you, the more you fall in love with him. 
That's the power of these gifts. That's the reason why we're really going into it. It's not... The gifts are important to understand. They are, they are necessary for the health of our church. But really why they're necessary for the health of our church is because we fall greater in love with him. He releases his love through us. And we can effectively go out into all the world and preach the gospel. That is really why we're doing this. It was a powerful revelation for me in so many, many ways. It's really about our relationship with God. Our deep and abiding relationship with Father God. They're meant to draw us closer to Him. And God uses these gifts to connect us with Himself. One of the most beautiful things about God's heart, at least I believe, It's his desire to have friendship with us. Sarah touched on it a little bit about the fondness of God's heart towards us. Now, when you talk about friendship with God, people start to get a little weirded out saying, well, wait a minute. How can we be a friend to God? How can we be God's friend? People start to get a little weirded out about that. Abraham was God's friend. Says it in the scriptures. Listen to this scripture. John 15, 15 says this. I no longer call you slaves. Because a master doesn't confide in his slaves, his servants. Now, you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father has told me. Jesus Called the disciples his friends. Jesus was interested and invested in friendship. It's important to realize this. Scripture tells us Abraham was a friend of God. We see Jesus follow his father's heart in this. And he makes friendships. He nurtures friendships. He talks about friendship. And now the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is carrying on his work. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, we read this. And I'm going to read it in the message because I love the way it it fleshes it out. Listen to this. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The ESV says fellowship with. The King James Version says communion with. But the Greek, Greek word there is Koinonia, koinonia, and that means a deep relational pursuit of each other's heart. Basically, that's what it means: a deep relational pursuit of each other's heart. That sounds like friendship to me. See, because God's view of friendship is so much different than our view of friendship. See, I'm not call, I'm not thinking. I'm not going to call Jesus my homeboy or my buddy. But Jesus is my friend. Because the way Jesus describes friendship is this. No greater love that a person can have is to lay his life down for his friends. See, Jesus' definition of friendship goes a whole lot deeper, a whole lot broader than what we think of friendship. 
This is a relational pursuit of each other's hearts. So when we're talking about friendship with God, we are talking about something that's so intimate, so close, that it's so connected that you really can't see any light between them. That's friendship. That we're willing to lay down our life for one another. And this is what the Holy Spirit has been given for us to teach us to what? I send you the Holy Spirit, what? So he can lead you into what? All truth. Not some truth, but all truth. So when the Holy Spirit is this generous, awesome, wonderful part of the triune God, and he has come here to be our comforter, the, the, whole, the scriptures say that he, they give him these titles, the great comforter, the counselor, the spirit of truth, the spirit of the wisdom, and the spirit of holiness, and what? The spirit of life. He dwells with us, and he dwells in us. So when I think about this, I think about this generosity. I just love this scripture, the amazing grace of the Master, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Be with all of you, with you, in us. I think of friendship when I think of that. I just think of friendship. Because when it says in 4.11, in Ephesians 4.11, it says, what? And he gave some apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. He gave he gave. And the giving heart of God is expressed through His Holy Spirit. At the beginning, of, when I did the introduction to this series, I said that the, the prophet was a foreteller. Or more, it's more a kind of a foretelling. And I'll explain that. He's a heart revealer. He's a guide to prepare the way. And I want to add something to this definition this morning. The Holy Spirit... Through the gift of prophecy. He's a weightlifter. He's a weightlifter. And now, let me explain what I mean that by talking about the 70s. Now, the 1970s was an interesting time in our country. For so many different reasons. But what I find fascinating about the 1970s is the language. The language was really, since I grew up in the 70s, I'm a product of the 70s. You can blame me for that, or you can pray for me for that. But, you know, the language was really, really unique. You know, you had terms like far out. That's far out. It wasn't talking about something was far away. It was talking about something being cool or something unique. It's something boss. That's another word for you. You know, there were phrases thrown around like, can you dig it? Mike, can you dig it? Yeah, it's bad. You can dig it. Right? I remember? It's bad. The bad was good. Here's another one. Groovy. That's groovy, man. Oh, man, that's so groovy. That was groovy. That concert was groovy. But the one I want to talk about is this word heavy. When, when, when something was seen or heard and it was very profound, very deep, people would go, oh, man, that was heavy. You know what I'm saying? That was heavy. I wasn't talking about, you know, that they couldn't lift it up. It was just saying that it was so mind-boggling that it was, it was heavy. Yeah, it was heavy. You know? <laughs> Intense, right? You know? 
So those words, words are really kind of crazy, aren't they? But when we talk about, talk about heavy today, you kind of get a different feeling altogether. In today's culture, if I tell you I have a heavy heart, or I have a heavy spirit, something totally different is going on, isn't it? I might be heavy with depression. I might be heavy with grief or sorrow, pain, rejection, sin. The weight of all these things are, are, are forcing me to my knees underneath the weight of it. It's becoming heavy. It's, it threatens to break my back because it's so heavy. I think God has a different way for weight management. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to start in verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. For the one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him. But he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and counsel and comfort. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and their encouragement and their comfort. In this verse, I think we see the generous fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it mirrors that, that scripture that we had read before about extravagant love. And I need to tell you this story. One day I was really angry with God, and I went on this stomp. A stomp for me is a walk where I'm really basically ranting and raving and stopping my feet. And I do this out loud. So when I'm walking outside through my neighborhood, of course I get a few crazy looks. But that's okay. But I'm on this walk, this walk stomp. And I'm complaining to God. I'm ranting and raving about a certain situation in my life. About something I wasn't happy by, the, the way things were turning out. So I'm yelling at God, basically. I am telling Him my dissatisfaction with what was going on in my life. I'm telling him that I'm just not happy. And I'm ranting and I'm raving and I'm complaining and I'm whining. And finally I've run out of words and I'm, and I'm pretty quiet. I'm still stomping on the inside. And God asked me this question, this wonderful, beautiful question. Okay, switching mics. So what do you need? I said, okay, I'll tell you what I need. If you want me to continue... In what I'm doing. I want to get home. And I want you to have a a brother call me. And speak to this exact thing. That's what I need. You do that. I get the picture. I won't complain about it anymore. I thought, well, you know, that's pretty good, you know. So I went on my walk and I uh, got home. And I hadn't been in the house... 30 seconds, and the phone rang, and there was a brother, and he said, Jay, 
I don't know what's going on, but for the last 20 minutes, God's been pestering me to call you, so <laughs> what's going on? Wow. Wow. And through our conversation, I heard the words that lifted the burden from my shoulders. And that's why I'm standing here today. I wouldn't be pastor if it wasn't for that conversation. Because that's what I was wrestling with. The beauty of that is, is the power of the Holy Spirit. How he laid it on someone else's heart. Totally unbeknown to me. To call me. And speak words that helped lifted that load from me. He prophesied into my life. He spoke the truth. He reminded me of this, this truth, this wonderful word of God. He helped me understand it and how it applied to my life at that moment. Wow. That is, I believe, the gift of prophecy in action. See, in Old Testament, prophecy was about, mostly about foretelling the, the future. But it also was about revealing people's hearts in the present. And the New Testament has taken on a whole new dynamic. So when we talk about prophecy now, we're not really talking about telling the future. There's no, there's no need to add to this book anymore. It is complete. It is solid. It is God's word. It is everything that we need. But the scriptures are full, and the New Testament is full of Paul urging us to seek out the spiritual gifts so that we can understand this word and so that we can help each other understand this word and how it applies to our life. That's the power of a spoken word that is prophetic into our lives. It it exposes our heart. It reveals our heart. And it helps us understand this word which is sufficient for everything that we need. See, that's the gift of prophecy in action. I gave, almost, I almost gave God an ultimatum, it sounded like. And yet God was so full of extravagant love for me that he did exactly what I asked, what I needed at that time. And then this brother was able to speak prophetically in my life using the gift of prophecy. And I was able to have a total, totally different outlook about what God was asking me to do. There are many stories like that I can tell, and there's probably stories in, in your life that you, you say, hey, that sounds like, yeah, that's the power of the Holy Spirit revealed in our midst. And we do really do need more of it. It's interesting, in the whole book of Corinthians, where Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts of life, you know, he's talking to one of the most immature churches of that time. He's not talking to the church in Ephesians who basically have their act together and is a very healthy church. He is talking to a church that is very, very messy. A church that already had been abusing some of the spiritual gifts. And so what is he telling them? He's telling them, oh, you need to, earn, you need to earnestly desire it more. That doesn't sound like wise counsel to me. It doesn't sound like something I would do. It's almost like telling an alcoholic, well, you really do need a drink. 
It seems like that. But Paul recognizes that the, they needed correction, they needed guidance in the fact of the way they were using these spiritual gifts. Not to run away from them and hide from them, but to embrace what everything that this word says about them. And that's what we're trying to do with this series of teachings about it, because I think, as we said at the beginning, that you know, we're only using 40% of our capacity. And if we were breathing with 40% of our lung capacity, we would not be really breathing at all. So we need to explore these things. So, you know, I was thankful to God, you know, that he helped me shift my weight. This is what the prophetic word can do. It can shift carrying something heavy, pain, sorrow, regret, all those things we listed before. Shift from carrying something heavy to experiencing something heavy. Shift it from carrying to experiencing something heavy. The presence of God and His glory. The glory of God is simply the presence of God. And the original meaning, one of the original meanings of glory in in the Hebrew means weight. The presence of God is heavy. It's profound. It's deep. It is mind-bogglingly Amazing. So we can shift from carrying something heavy, something that God does not mean us to carry, regret, sorrow, pain, sin, to experiencing something heavy. And there's a transfer of weight when we're in the presence of God. Right? When you're truly in the presence of God, when you're really in with Him, the weight disappears. And you're able to stand up. And you're able to walk under the heaviness of the presence of God more free than you've ever been in your life. See, God wants us through this wonderful gift, this wonderful expression, and all of them working together because they need to work together to shift the weight from carrying to experiencing. From carrying something that will continuously cause our knees to bend, and eventually our back to break, to transfer that weight and experience the wonderful presence of God. And that is the function of the Holy Spirit, to lead us into the presence of God. Prophecy is only one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit uses to do that. It's just the word of of God expressed to each other. All right. The gift of prophecy is basically speaking what God's word says. It may reveal hearts, motives, and the thoughts of a human, but it always reveals God's truth in Scripture. Always. I think that the prophetic gift, the, the using this gift is a pinpoint, right on target, word of encouragement. And one of the reasons why we need to encourage this gift is because of its lifting power. Is revealing power and his ability to connect our hearts with Father God's heart. Okay, let's go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 14.1 again. Let's, let's go to just, Paul is saying this in verse 1. Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Okay, can we take this apart a little bit here? 
Paul is saying, I want you to swiftly chase after love. I want you to chase this thing down. I want you to go after it with everything that you have. I want you to go earnestly, swiftly after this thing. I want you to have a strong desire for it. I want you to zealously learn for it, long for it. I want you to pursue it. I want you to have a strong desire for it. And I want you to understand that all this comes from the Holy Spirit. And in particular, I want you to speak the truth that God speaks with. That's all it is. Because when we pursue extravagant love, when we walk in amazing grace, and we cultivate an intimate and growing friendship with God, the Holy Spirit, we can lift the weight off our fellow brothers and sisters. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this. Uh-oh. My timer went off. Sorry, I'm going to go over. Wow. Okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It says this. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given an uncovering, a revealing. That's what the word manifestation is, okay? An uncovering, a revealing of the Spirit for the common good. And I love this description for what common good means. It means to bring together. It means to carry with us. This work of the Holy Spirit has tremendous lifting power. You know, I was was thinking about adrenaline. And if you've ever had adrenaline rush, you know that that for, for a short period of time, your body, your senses seem almost superhuman. And actually, you probably read or heard reports of people actually lifting cars off of people and stuff like that. It's amazing what this human body can do under the influx of adrenaline. It's amazing. But you can't sustain it. The the human body is not able to sustain it. You know, it has to be (sighs) calmed down. But for that brief period of time, you are able to do some amazing things. Well... Through the lifting power of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's like super adrenaline. It's like holy adrenaline. And we can sustain it because the Holy Spirit what, lives inside of us, dwells with us. And because of that, yeah, we could have lifting power that sustains, that lasts, that's long-lasting, and that we can move among each other, and help lift each other's burdens, worries, cares. Speak a word of encouragement. Reveal something in someone's heart with love and kindness and amazing grace. This, this is the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit and the gift of prophecy. Our Father loves us desperately. He's fond of us as we heard. He wants us to have friendship with Him, friendship that, that, that is not like the world has. But we're talking about a, a relationship that is deeply connected on all levels of our life so that we start to see like the Father. We start to love like Jesus. And we, we act like the Holy Spirit in bringing and uplifting people's hearts and their loads. That is why we need to, to study these gifts, to embrace these gifts, but also because it connects us with His heart. Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your wonderful gift, your, your marvelous gift, the, all the gifts that you give us, the promises that you give us. But thank you for you, for who you are in our lives. 
Thank you for courageously loving us, generously loving us. Thank you for laying down your life for us. So I pray for for all of us, that, that we would hear your message, that we would understand your message, that we would understand your heart, and that we would walk in your ways this week. Go with all of us. Bless these people gathered here today. Bless them financially. Bless them relationally. Bless them in their health. Bless them in every avenue of their, of their walk today and throughout the week. I pray that they will find encouragement in you, that they will find strength in you. And then they will begin to, to ask you questions that can reveal their hearts so that you may come, that you might bring your healing, that you might bring your redemption, and that you would just bring more of you into their lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.